Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. The holidays, like I mentioned last week, are finally upon us. Uh, Today is the first day of Hanukkah. Tomorrow is Festivus, a Festivus for the rest of us. Christmas Eve and Christmas are the middle of this week. And I know Kwanzaa starts uh, later this week as well. So happy holidays to all of you. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about nerdy shit as usual. I'm your host, Nick. I've been kind of leaving that off lately because I'm pretty sure it's blatantly obvious with a name like Nick's Nerd News, you'd hope someone named Nick would be hosting the show. Uh, You know, except that one time Roy hosted. Anyway, let's get right into what we're here to talk about. Not a whole lot of video game stuff going on, just some big stories, a little bit of TV, uh, some movies, and of course, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker the end of the Skywalker saga. That's how we're going to cap off our show today. But before we get into that whole can of worms, it is time to talk about the video game section of the nerd world. And uh, this should actually already be out if you do have a PS4 and you're playing this game on PS4. Uh, Red Dead Redemption PC content is now finally coming to consoles. It was the exclusive content that was originally just on PC is now coming to console. It is on PS4 now, and if you are playing on Xbox with Red Dead Redemption 2, it will release on January 21st. So that's the new Moonshiners content, as well as anything that was previously only available on PC. So... Be on the lookout for that. If you are a big fan of PewDiePie and watch him on YouTube, you know, he's one of the biggest gamers in the world, uh, next to Ninja and things like this. He was arguably more famous than Ninja for a time, I, I, I would assume. Anyway, he is taking a year, or what's assumed seems to be a year, off from YouTube. He has not set a definite date uh, essentially, he says he's tired and, and he needs to take a break from being on camera all the time and, and being exposed to the world. I don't blame him. I mean, I don't blame him. He's had a lot of controversies this year. Don't don't get me wrong. He's, he's said some really stupid shit, uh, done some really stupid things. But at the same time, I'm, I'm sure doing something like that is taxing. It's like when you attain that level of stardom, you're... you're being uh, uh, like pulled from every direction by every type of person possible, commenting. You see probably a lot of negative shit on on, on your comments and things like that. That that can do that that can do a lot to someone's mental health, and and I don't blame him. And I'm I'm sure he's made a lot of money where he can afford to take uh, a month off like that, uh, a month. I, I mean a year. In, or or more, depending on what actually happens. Or, I like I said, I I don't I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. And and good for him. Hopefully he can come back and and things uh, things do okay. Things do okay. But 
that's PewDiePie. Uh, we also got a new peripheral for the DualShock 4, the uh, controller, PS4 controller. It's called the Back Button, and it is uh, plugs into the 3.5mm jack, like the headphone jack. And it's got two buttons you can add, and it's got this LCD screen on the back. So you can essentially assign those two back buttons to any button on the controller. Similar to how the uh, paddles work on an Xbox Elite controller or the Scuff Vantage for PS4. Uh, it comes out next month uh, for 30 bucks. If, if you're looking to add something different to your PS4 controller and, and you want a little bit more customability and, and easier access to some of the buttons. Without spending an exorbitant amount of money on a, on a controller like the Scuff Vantage, which I think is like 200 or things like this, the other PS4 options. So that's, um, yeah, that that's a thing, <laughs> if you want it. We got a release date finally for Warcraft 3 Reforged. That will release January 28th in 2020, what some consider to be the best Warcraft game before World of Warcraft, of course. Warcraft 3 being an RTS game, the... Um, Back when Blizzard was still focused on RTS games, you know, before they got into Overwatch and WoW and other games like that. So, that's something to be looking for. Uh, that is the remastered or remade version. I'm, I'm still a little confused on, on how that whole uh, game is going to work. But if you're looking forward to that like I am, because I never played the original, now's your, now's your chance. Also, news out of Capcom. Uh, it seems they have renewed the trademark once again for Dino Crisis. This is the second time in three years they've done this. Uh, granted, they renewed the the trademark uh, some, for some other games, so it's it's I don't know if it's really anything, but at least it shows that they want to keep that Dino Crisis trademark active in case they already have it in the works or they do actually want to do a remake like they did with Resident Evil 2 and 3. I would fully welcome, and so would I know plenty of other people would take a fully redone Dino Crisis. Hell, even Dino Crisis 2. Give them both. I think we want them. I think Capcom knows we want them. And I, I think it would it would work well on today's uh, current gen, especially with what they proved they could do with, with Resident Evil 2 and what's coming with Resident Evil 3. I'm, I'm not... I'm not worried in any way, shape, or form. Um, got some other news regarding Modern Warfare, the new Modern Warfare, Call of Duty. Uh, season 1 is in full swing if, if you guys are playing. Uh, it, it broke some records for Call of Duty. Uh, it was the best-selling series for Call of Duty in on current gen of the last six years. And it's also the most played Call of Duty in the last six years. On top of doing very well sales-wise the last two months, I wonder what will happen for December, of course. But it uh, looks like gamers are happy with how things have played out on this new current gen of consoles with Call of Duty. Finally, after six years, I should say. It's taken a long time, but but they finally did it. And uh, considering it, it, it didn't start too well with Ghosts back in 2013... Also from Infinity Ward. So they get to cap off, essentially, what turns out to be uh, a different different time for Call of Duty. Where they uh, didn't always do as well as, as Activision probably had hoped. Anyway, moving on. Um, Puma has done 
what I think is the weirdest, weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. And this is Puma the Shoe Company, mind you, not just some animal. They have announced what are called gamer socks. And according to them, they're called active gaming footwear, uh, meant to maximize comfort and style, uh, whether it be on 10-hour raids or 40th Battle Royale loss of the day. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, no word on U.S. release. Uh, this is PC Gamer first put this out. About 80 pounds in the UK, $160 in Australia. They said this works out to be $100 US if it comes out. Uh, official product page says they are designed for indoor and in-arena use. It delivers seamless comfort, support, and grip so gamers can adapt to different active gaming modes and game their best. I don't know what this means. It also says... Uh, they come in three different modes, apparently. Uh, medial wrap, wrap-up grip in seek mode, lateral wrap-up support in attack mode, and heel wrap-up stability in cruise and defense mode. I, I don't know how gaming socks would have different modes. I, 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 what does that mean? What does that mean? I, I'm so, I'm so goddamn confused by this. It doesn't make any sense. It also says, created with console gamers in mind, the gaming sock is the first edition active gaming footwear, like I said, designed for indoor and in-arena use. Um, to over seamless comfort, support grip. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it says, TPU skin added support, whatever that means. Engineered knitted upper for comfort and breathability. Custom last sock-like fit. Outsole is a low-profile rubber outsole for the grip. So they just look like, I don't know, they, they have some support in the heel. The bottoms just seem to be like basic flat rubber. They just look like a like a water sock, you know, like one you'd wear in the to the beach. I I just, I don't understand. And, and I guess you're not supposed to wear them outside because you'll probably destroy the outsole on them, that's for damn sure. Well, yeah, that, I... I don't even... It's so weird. Anyway, uh, we finally know what games with gold are going to be for January. Unfortunately, PlayStation has yet to announce what its PSN Plus games for January will be. But for Xbox, it is going to be uh, uh, Sticks, Shards of Darkness, and Batman the Telltale series on January 16th through February 15th. That's the Xbox One games. Whereas on the 360 and backwards compatible side, Tekken 6, the 1st through the 15th of January, and then LEGO Star Wars 2, the original trilogy, January 2nd... Uh, sorry, January 2nd. January 16th through the 31st. So be on the lookout for that once we hit January 1st. Uh, as you already know, there's some really good games this month, including Jurassic World Evolution. I would definitely check that out if I were you. Got some news that Ubisoft Montreal has can canceled an unannounced project that they've been working on for a number of years. And uh, this is, we only know this because uh, the Ubisoft, or Ubisoft Montreal, uh, their graphics programmer, Louis de Caruffel, probably butchering that because it's French, said that 
A project they've been working on for the past three years has been canceled. Uh, no layoffs, luckily. Uh, he tweeted, I think he said, I just learned that the project I've been working on for the past three years has been canceled. This is tough news because I've been working with all these people for around seven years, during which we have shipped both Watch Dogs and Watch Dogs 2. So we know this isn't Watch Dogs 3. He also said, it was an unannounced game for current gen consoles. And... What is this? Uh, it was never revealed. He said it was up to about 200 people. Uh, here's his tweet thread in all in all. I just learned that the project I've been working on for the past three years has been canceled. This is tough news because I've been working with all these people for around seven years, during which we have shipped both Watch Dogs and Watch Dogs 2. However, the good thing about working at Ubisoft Montreal is that nobody in the team has lost their job. Every single one of the 200 plus people in the team will be reassigned an existing project in the studio. There's over 15 of them. We even get to choose which ones we prefer. Oh, that's pretty cool. So it's tough news, but I now see it as an opportunity to learn new engine and meet new people. Some of the projects are shipping in 2020, while others are just starting. It's going to be a difficult choice. Well, Ubisoft is always working on something new, so that's good news. Also, if you are a big fan of Stardew Valley and own a Tesla, well, you're in luck. Because... Teslas are getting Stardew Valley sometime in the next year. So if you want to play Stardew Valley on your Tesla, just like how you can play Cuphead and a couple other games, you can do so in the coming year. Why anyone would play a game on their Tesla is beyond me. I guess if you're sitting in a parking lot bored, but uh, that that's, I don't know. Uh, also announced CJ, uh, CJ, CD Project Red has announced that they have struck a new deal with the author of the Witcher book series. And uh, I guess this was, they've been going on in a dispute now for I think over a year over compensation. And uh, they announced that they've entered into an agreement which solidifies and reinforces CD Projekt's red relationship with Mr. An Andrzej Sapkowski, author of the Witcher saga. This is directly from them. Uh, they did not disclose dis specifics uh, due to non-disclosure provisions. Uh, however, they did say it satisfies and fully clarifies the requirements and expectations of both parties in light of previously concluded agreements. So, future cooperation between the two. This also reaffirms its existing title to The Witcher, this is what it says, intellectual property in developing video games, graphic novels, board games, and merchandise. Uh, per the CEO, we've always admired Mr. Sapukowski's works, a great inspiration for the team here at CD Projekt Red. I believe today marks a new stage in our continued relationship. And this all started in a, back in October of 2018, it says, over dispute over 6% that Sapukowski wanted. Which, I mean... In reality, if, if something you write becomes one of the best reviewed and played video games of like the last decade, of course you want more profits of it. Especially, I mean, if CD Projekt Red, it says, called it groundless, which I, I don't think that's that's right. But, I mean, who am I to judge? Anyway, they figured it out. It's all good. We don't have to worry about anything anymore. If, if you were a fan of The Witcher. I mean, they're moving on to Cyberpunk 2077, though. They're moving on to, to different and new things. But 
Uh, speaking of that, and a final bit of video game stuff here, when The Witcher show premiered on Netflix last week, last Friday, uh, last Friday, it's two days ago, Steam saw a 50,000 player uptick on The Witcher 3. So after the show premiered, 50,000 people or more went on to either buy or start playing The Witcher. That's insane for one day like that on a... I think that game's like four or five years old at this point. That's nuts, man. 50,000 people? Crazy. Good on them, though, huh? Good on them. Uh, but that's it for video games. Uh, on to some TV news here. No surprise here, but it looks like Picard has gotten renewed for a second season before the first has even aired. Uh, if you don't know... Picard will air January 23rd, I think it was January 23rd, on CBS All Access, the CBS streaming service. So be on the lookout in January for that. I don't know if you watch football on CBS or other CBS shows, but all of their network like um, commercials, not really commercials, but like ad spaces, they always end with the CBS logo transitioning to the Starfleet logo. So it's, it's their word of telling you, hey... Come watch our new Star Trek show that might be more interesting than Star Trek Discovery. Kind of smart marketing, if you ask me. Amazon has also cast a new actress for their Lord of the Rings show. And she is going to be playing young Galadriel. And now don't get your panties all in a tizzy. This is We don't have to worry about Kate Blanchett's take on, on the role being diminished. That's Galadriel in the Third Age. This is going to be Galadriel in the Second Age. So it's just a, a person in her late teens, early 20s, playing uh, hundreds of years old elf. No worries, okay? Just relax. I would tell you her name, except I do not know how to say it. It is a Welsh name, and despite the fact that the Welsh speak a form of English, I, for the life of me, cannot pronounce a damn thing in Welsh. So you can go look that up yourself, because I ain't trying to say it. <laughs> um, Watchmen just ended, or ends tonight, no, last week, it ended last week, sorry, I can't remember, I think uh, His Dark Materials ends this week, anyway, Watchmen ended on HBO, and according to Damon Lindelof, who is the showrunner, uh, says that he only wants it to be a one-series uh, one, one series, one uh, season show. He doesn't want it to be more than one. And that, that fits with the idea of the book in, in, in general. Uh, and it, it fits with Damon Lindelof and how his shows run. Because when he starts letting things get too long, they start getting out of control and really stupid and long and drawn out. Uh, and then they end up not finishing great. But... Anyway, I don't. That's another tangent for another day on Damien Lindelof, but uh, I'm still a, a few episodes behind. I'm gonna hopefully catch up this week, but I I don't know. It it started growing on me. I, I still didn't like it completely, um, but it it's better than nothing, right? The Zack Snyder movie is still amazing in my opinion, but I. I don't know, I saw some things on the ending, and I don't know how, I'm, how I feel about it completely, but uh, maybe when I finish I'll talk about it.
And uh, in some surprising news, Netflix is going to be having a second He-Man show on Netflix. This is an addition to the uh, cartoon show that Kevin Smith is working on, as well as the movie, the live-action movie that they got the rights from Sony to. But this new show will be called just He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, uh, but it's going to be CG. So they're going to have a cartoon, computer-generated, and a live-action movie. And they're calling it a brand partner. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that means. But it's not all good news for Netflix. They reportedly lost over a million subscribers to Disney Plus alone. I mean, probably in the grand scheme of things, that's nothing to Netflix, though. I also saw in the same report that they're still going to meet their their projected signups for December, November, December anyway. So, I mean, that it's probably just a small hit to them. I mean, Netflix has been losing money, if you will, over the last few years, but they keep just creating content. So I'm sure they'll bring somebody in it at some point. They'll bring more people when I when I say that. That's what I mean. But I, but I mean that that's it for for TV. Let's talk about what's going on in the movie world before we get to Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which is our... our... Oh, wait. Totally forgot. Rick and Morty ended last week for the time being. Uh, season f- The rest of Season 4, I should say, is, is set to premiere sometime next year. But we did have uh, the final episode called Rattlestar Rick Lactica, which is really funny because it was a time travel episode... And I know there's been numerous interviews done with the creator of the shows saying that they would never, ever do a time travel episode. Uh, Except this one was a play on Terminator with, like, snakes. And it was actually really funny. Um, Probably one of the best episodes of this season. Granted, there's only, like, five of them. But uh, of all of them, I think this one was the best of season five. It's totally up up there with... Uh, what I think is the best ep- episode in general, which is um, the one on the Citadel where Evil Morty wins the, um, what did that one, what did they call that one? Uh, anyway, um, that one, uh, that's my favorite episode. Oh, actually, actually, was that season two? Anyway, oh no, that was season three. Anyway, th- those are probably the two best episodes of the show, if you ask me. Uh, I cannot wait for what's left of season four. And hopefully we don't have to wait until next fall. And hopefully it will premiere a lot sooner. Um, But that's it for TV, for real. Let's move on to movie here. Um, And uh, just a quick note. We will not talk about The Mandalorian this week. Just because our our focus is going to be on The Rise of Skywalker. I will do a double review of Mandalorian next week. uh, Just because this episode ended on like a cliffhanger to be continued type thing. So it's probably just best to talk about it as a whole. Um, anyway, I got some new movie trailers this week. Uh, first being the new Top Gun trailer, which I don't know what's going on in this movie other than the fact that Maverick is back to teach some some young bucks. And it looks like they're going up against some kind of malicious force of some kind. So, I, I don't know. It's whatever. I'll watch it. I know I'll get dragged to the theater by someone. I, I don't. I don't hold the first one in a in like a high esteem like other people do. It's it's just a whatever movie to me. I get what it did. Don't get me wrong. Like I understand that after that movie came out, P- 
people like flooded to the, um, I can't talk, uh, to like recruitment centers to sign up for the Air Force and, and things like that. So I, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I just not, um, not my thing, I guess you could say. But cool. The second one's coming. I know a lot of people are going to be excited about that. Uh, we also got a new trailer for the new Pixar movie Onward, uh, which is Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, and they go like on a quest to use magic to show their dad what the world is like now. And oh my god, I can't fucking wait for this movie. It looks so fucking cool. That that movie looks great, and I am very excited for that. But both of those trailers are are online and available to watch. But unfortunately, we got some not-so-great news. It looks like uh, the Tarantino Star Trek movie may be dead on arrival. He's starting to think that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to be his last movie, even though he said he would do ten, and that was his ninth. Uh, He was doing an interview with uh, Consequence of Sound, and he said, I think I'm steering away from Star Trek, but I haven't had an official conversation with those guys yet. In a strange way, it seems like this movie, Hollywood, would be my last. But in a weird way, it actually kind of freed me up. I mean, I have no idea what the story the next one's going to be. I don't even have a clue. And uh, Deadpool showed you that you can rethink these things, do them in a different way. So really, even before J.J. knew what the idea was, his feeling was, if it wants to be an R rating, fine. Which, I thought he had an official meeting. Turns out he didn't. Um, I wonder if this will just have him make, uh, Kill Bill Volume 3 then at this point. But it also kind of plays in, I remember, I don't remember if I talked about it on, on the show or not, but I, I, there were rumors floating around that Paramount was getting ready to move forward with Star Trek 4, uh, or 4, uh, number 4 on the Kelvin timeline at least. But this is, um, interesting for sure. Hopefully the Tarantino movie gets made. I, I would have watched it. That's for damn sure. Star Trek can be a little too tame sometimes. Granted, it's always been billed as a uh, soap opera in space, if you will. But who knows? Um, Kevin Feige was being interviewed and said that the next team-up movie is already in the works, be it Avengers 5 or whatever it ends up being. Uh, We don't have to worry because it will get made eventually. (laughs) Uh, No word, though, on release date or anything like that. I'm sure it will tie into whenever X-Men comes out or whatever is coming next. Uh, We also got our first look at Bill and Ted Face the Music, or Bill and Ted 3. Unfortunately, the movie will not be out till August. I was hoping it was going to be out a lot sooner. Uh, But they put out some pictures, uh, three to be exact. First one shows Bill and Ted in the phone booth. Uh, Keanu Reeves looks really weird without a beard. I'm so used to him having a beard lately. Uh, Second image has them talking to Death or William Sadler back as Death from like the second one. And then the third photo uh, shows their children uh, being played by Bridget Lundy Payne. uh, Kid Cuddy, who's in the movie and as a a role that I'm not entirely sure about. And then Samara Weaving as uh, Ted's kid or Bill's kid. I can't remember now, which is which I was getting confused. Anyway, uh, it just shows them in some radical 90s gear, even though it's like current day. But uh, that movie comes out, like I said, later in the year. Uh, Official synopsis actually came out as well. The stakes are higher than ever for the time-traveling 
exploits of William Bill S. Preston Esquire and Theodore Ted Logan as the now middle-aged best friends set out on a new adventure to seek the song that will set their world right and bring harmony in the universe. Helped by their daughters, a new batch of historical figures, and a few music legends. Oh, I wonder if Kid Cudi's helping them. And uh, I'm stoked. August 21st, 2020. Cannot wait. This The photos that come out make me so much happier. I, I it, Sometimes I gotta pinch myself to make it make me believe that it's actually happening. That's for damn sure. But, uh, I'm again, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, also got news that Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of Harley Quinn, I don't, whatever. The, the Birds of Prey, just call it that, is going to be rated R for violence, language, and sexual material. I don't know what kind of sexual material we're going to be getting, gonna be getting in a Harley Quinn movie. The only thing I can think of is probably some TNA uh, or some f- form of small nudity or sexual gyrations. I, I don't know what counts as sexual activity to the Motion Picture Association for M- or MPAA who does all the rating. So we'll we'll see. I my guess with with language is they're just going to be dropping f bombs and violence, obviously. Show some some blood and gore. Uh, no surprise there, though. We also got our first trailer for the new Christopher Nolan film, uh, Tenant. And uh, no fucking clue what, what's going on in this movie. Looks like some kind of time travel stuff. Or the ability to turn things back around you. I, I don't know. It's Christopher Nolan, and he always just does weird fucking shit in his trailers that don't make any sense. I... Uh, I don't know. John David Washington's in it, though. That's a plus. Unfortunately, I will not be seeing it as I refuse to see Christopher Nolan movies on principle. I will stand my ground. I don't care what anyone says. But, uh, also got word of a new possible new Looney Tunes movie. Uh, It's going to be a hybrid movie uh, with, with live action and cartoon or CG. And it's going to be about Wiley versus Acme. So Wiley Coyote versus Acme in some capacity. I don't know what that means. But we haven't had a Looney Tunes movie in quite a while. So that's cool, I guess. I, I'll, I'll welcome it. I'll watch it. I like I like Wiley Coyote. He's cool. But I don't know. That No word on if that's real or not. Um, also, this is really weird news. Warner Brothers let their contract for the Lego license expire, and Lego is now negotiating with Universal Pictures. Really weird. Especially since Warner Brothers did a Lego Batman movie. You'd think that, considering that's like one of the best Lego movies, you'd think that they would want to keep a lock on that and either do like a Lego Batman 2... Or something. Granted, Ninjago and Lego Movie 2 were not great. I think I mentioned I recently saw the Lego Movie 2 and I was very disappointed. Very disappointed. But I I don't know. Uh, this is interesting for sure to see how things will go moving forward. And I, I, I guess the Lego group owns the rights to most of the intellectual property which is would make sense Warner just Warner Brothers just made the movie and allowed their characters to be in it 
But I wonder if this means moving forward, if they make a, a Lego Movie 3 or something like this, does that mean no Lego Batman anymore, who's probably one of the best characters in that franchise? That'd be interesting to see for sure. And I'm guessing it would just be Emmett and Wildstyle moving forward at that point, but I don't know. I do not know how that would fare. But I am going to go out on a limb and just assume that they would probably make a Lego Jurassic Park movie as well. <laughs> but I mean, Universal and Warner Brothers have a good standing relationship. I mean, both Universal Studios parks in the U.S. have the Harry Potter world, Harry Potter being owned by Warner Brothers, or at least the film rights, and that's based off the movies. The, the attraction is based off the movies, not the books, when I say film rights and things like that. So that's, um, I'm sure they'll play nice in some capacity. Uh, but what is probably the best movie news, uh, other than seeing The Rise of Skywalker, MTV has announced, or someone announced, that Jackass 4 is going to hit theaters in 2021, people. That's fucking right, dude. I'm fucking stoked on this. Jackass 4 is coming. I love the Jackass movies. And I'm pretty sure I was just talking about they should make another Jackass movie on this podcast a couple weeks ago. But, oh man, that'd be fucking good. Unfortunately, though, Ryan Dunn is no longer with us. And he was one of the few people that would just go along and do everything that Johnny Knoxville did. But, oh God, it was going to be funny. And I hope Bam does something. I know he's been uh, kind of a recluse since since Ryan Dunn died, uh, they were best friends, and uh, Bam has kind of stayed out of the limelight, but, oh god, uh, I can't fucking wait, dude, and if they maybe get like the Dude Sons or whatever, like the European version of them, and they do it together, that movie would probably be epic, epic, and I, oh god, I hope it's good, that's all I ask for, I just hope fucking... They're all getting old. They're all in like their, what, their 40s and 50s at this point. So they can't be doing all that shit for too long. But I know it will be hilarious. That puts me in such a good fucking mood. I've already been in a good mood for most of the weekend. Um, anyway, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about our main story tonight. And that is Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. I saw it opening night. I saw it again this morning. So I do have two viewings fresh under my belt for you to talk about it. And I, uh, I liked it, but before we get into that, I just want to talk about some other news here. And, uh, Kathleen Kennedy said that moving forward, Star Wars will not focus on trilogies. Um, she did it with the LA times. What we've been focused on these last five or six years is finishing that family saga around the Skywalkers. Now is the time to start thinking about how to segue into something new and different. And uh, it's believed that she's making key decisions about what's next. Um, I, she said, I think it gives us more open-ended view of storytelling and doesn't lock us into this three-act structure. We're not going to have some finite number and fit it into a box. We're really going to let the story dictate that. Um, it also says that Lucasfilm won't abandon the characters created in the most recent trilogy. So I'm totally game. Uh, and I'll get to this later. If they make a Poe and Finn show, like... I'll fucking watch it, like, 
straight up. No, no questions asked. Um, she also said, we've got various things we're looking at in various ways in which we can begin or not. You know, do you go back? Do you go forward? All these questions are being asked. Do we stay in this galaxy? Do we go to another? The universe is never ending. The good news and the bad news. They have endless possibilities. But to counteract that, Bob Iger then said that trilogies are not being ruled out. He was speaking to Variety. And he said, I don't know about that. Uh, Kathleen and I have said, well, maybe trilogies are too hard, so maybe we'll make one film and then a sequel. But we don't know. Um, He also said that probably smaller than you think. Because what we do is we look to pick a few and see how they gestate. In some cases, bring them out and see how the audience reacts, and then react accordingly. It's not as many as I think most people think. I think the number is endless, but we're going to be careful. The next one is really important. Um, He also said, what we've been focused on these last five... uh, No, that's Kathleen, sorry. Anyway, um, I'm okay with not doing trilogies. Unless they do like a KOTOR... Trilogy, which I would 100% take. Do like KOTOR 1 and 2 and adapt the games in some way and then make a third one to cap it off or maybe tie into the the MMO. I, I don't know. Just spitballing here. I mean, there, there are these rumors floating around that they want Keanu to play Revan. I'll fucking take that. I'll pay them to make that movie. <laughs> uh, we, all, we also got word that uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who actually has a cameo in Rise of Skywalker, wrote some music for the film, and I'm probably certain that it's the music that takes place on Pasana. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, some people think that... Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to get too much into spoilers. Um, we'll talk about some. I, I just... Uh, the thing that's throwing me off right now it's like the opposite of The Last Jedi on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Um, that's for damn sure. Right now it is at uh, 56 uh, critic. It's been fluctuating. And it's been at a solid 86% user score, which is uh, total opposite of The Last Jedi, which... Let me look at that one. That is 91 critic and 43% user. So... Uh, a tale of two movies here. Um, and the Metacritic, which I-, I can't believe this, it's stayed at a 5.0 user since opening. Like, it just, no matter how many reviews go in, it- it's on either side. And I'm-, I'm sure there's a lot of people at both ends of the spectrum saying, or who are just like review bombing it or trying to review praise it, however you want to say that. Um, there was one that caught my eye, it's a 4. But, but anyway, the, the critic score is a 54. Uh, it's mostly mixed, which I'm, I'm kind of surprised by. But, but I did find that review on Metacritic that I loved. It says, anyone giving this movie a 10 is clearly only doing so to try and get the score up. And I can say the same about the zeros. This is neither the worst or best movie ever, ever period. End of story. The movie has huge plot holes, poor pacing, and poor character development for pointless new characters. However, there are some things this film gets correct. Some of the action scenes are good, the sound is good, and some of the comedy hits well. So sorry, folks, this isn't Citizen Kane, nor is it better than Joker. It also isn't the new Mac and Me. 4 out of 10 is fair rating, maybe as high as 6 if you spend, suspend the need for plots to be finished, but it, it is no 0 or 10. Granted, I disagree with this a, a lot. I really like 
the rise of skywalker it it after seeing it twice i i firmly believe it's number three out of out of 11 for me i left the theater on thursday night with with a happy feeling you know and that that's how you should feel leaving a movie that's the end of a story that's been going on for 42 years no no one was going to be happy after 42 years not everyone was going to um feel the way that every that lucasfilm probably wanted them to feel and if you ask me uh my friend brought this up the the main problem was there was no clear-cut story from the beginning and and it's a little bit obvious when you watch the force awakens the last jedi and now this movie um some people are saying this movie tried to course correct things that people hated the most about the last jedi i didn't see that per se a lot of things were cleared up um like I said, I personally loved the movie. Uh, what What's really funny is the um, the visual dictionary clears up a lot of the plot holes, plot holes as 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 it did with the Last Jedi and it did with the Force Awakens and pretty much every other Star Wars movie. I mean, granted, not everyone's gonna read um, the visual dictionary, but for people to just blatantly hate on it who are, call themselves like big lore fans and things like this and then not get the visual dictionary, I, I think. They're, they're only hurting themselves. Um, some people think that maybe an episode 10 is needed and, and to cap things off. I disagree. Um, the stuff with Leia is a little weird just because it's mostly reused stuff from The Force Awakens that they, they used. Um, granted, this was supposed to be her movie. Unfortunately, Carrie Fisher died before they could start filming. And there's some callbacks I didn't expect. The action is really really fucking cool the jokes are amazing the music is good um palpatine is brought back in a interesting way i'll I'll say that and uh what what really struck me at first is this is a lot like the dark empire book from the old legends stories it was a comic where luke goes dark and uh, palpatine is back or a clone of palpatine at least Uh, his force essence would travel from body to body there was um it felt a lot like that. There's a a lot of things that call back to the old legend stories as well. It's it's like it's so painfully obvious that uh, Ray and Kylo are an, analogous to Jaina and Jason, the solo twins from the books. It, it it's so oh god, it's so ridiculous how much they are alike to that. Um, with with some major changes. Other than that, they they pretty much uh, represent the same uh, same sides of, of two different coins. You know what I mean? It's like Kylo and Jason are two sides of a coin, and Ray and Jaina are two sides of a different coin. Um, otherwise, they they pretty much play out the same way. Uh, Luke was handled well in this film. There's uh, some cameos you don't expect in the film that I had to go back and look on on my second viewing, and. I'm still, I still can't find one of them. I'll, I'll have to, I'm probably going to check out the film again at some point this week with, with family, but it overall, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I don't care what other people think it. I left happy. It left me in a good mood. People that say it's absolute garbage. I don't know what movie they're watching. Um, people that like the last Jedi don't like this movie. People that hated the last Jedi don't like this movie and then vice versa and things like this. Uh, Last Jedi is still one of the best Star Wars films to date. 
Um, unfortunately, as of right now, I, I think the Rise of Skywalker is is better. Um, as of and as of right now, speaking of that my list currently uh, for if I'm gonna rank Star Wars films, this is how I would put them: Empire Strikes Back at number one, Rogue One at number two, Rise of Skywalker three, four is the Last Jedi, five is Revenge of the Sith, six is Return of the Jedi, seven is The Force Awakens, eight is A New Hope, nine is Solo. 10 is episode 1, and 11 is Attack of the Clones. That That's where I would put them right now. And that, I mean, that that's my personal preference. I know there's going to be people out there who think otherwise. Unless you put Return of the Jedi number 1, you people are psycho. <laughs> um, that's a joke. That's clearly a joke. But, like I said, I, I think that Rise of the Skywalker is amazing. In certain aspects, yes, there are problems. There's, there, there are plot holes in this film. Uh, they clear up a lot of plots, though, pretty much all of them from from the sequel series, and uh, do some some minor course correcting, if you ask me. Not not a whole lot. Uh, it, it's clear that JJ had to work with what he could since Colin Trevorrow departed, and uh, a lot of people didn't like the Last Jedi, even though I. In reality, people need to go back and rewatch The Last Jedi. Um, I will say this. Look out for certain lines. Um, there's a lot of callbacks to some other movies. Uh, the Sith Troopers are really cool. The Final Order fleet is really awesome. Uh, the movie does move at breakneck pace in the beginning. Uh, it's almost like a, a montage of things in the beginning. It, it takes the best part of every Star Wars film and puts it into this one. Um, there's like a, the montage scene is like from episode three. Uh, there's a scene on uh, hovercraft or not hovercraft, repulsor craft. Excuse me, using Star Wars lingo, uh, going through the desert similar to the pod racing, and Lando back is is really cool. The fighting at the end is very analogous to uh, Return of the Jedi and the opening of Revenge of the Sith. Mustafar is in the plan is in the movie. Look out for that. You might not notice it at first, but uh, the the movie finds its footing very early, though. After it moves at a breakneck pace, it it catches up with itself. And like like I was saying before, Finn and Poe together, that's an amazing duo. And whoa, okay, that that's I I don't understand how. We didn't have them together too much in The Last Jedi. And that's that's one of the few faults I will give The Last Jedi. Is Finn and Poe are not together enough. Them in this movie is great. That is a dynamic duo. I know that Oscar Isaac said that Disney didn't let them have a, a romance instead of a bromance. Which, that's understandable. I It's okay. Um, unfortunately, they don't use Rose a whole lot in this f- film. And that's okay. They do hint at Finn... Some things with Finn. I'm going to leave it at that. Like I said, I, I don't want to talk about too many spoilers. Um, I know we're going to be posting on Christmas Day, and by then the movie will have been out almost a week. But I'll, I'll talk about some spoiler stuff on next week's episode, because by then most people will have seen the film. But, like I said, I, I very much enjoyed The Rise of Skywalker. I'd probably put it at a 7 out of 10. Um, and yes, I know I personally 
I had rated the last Jedi higher than that in the past. Uh, that was before I was doing the podcast. Um, but overall, I prefer this movie just because, again, it's the end. And like I said, it, it left me feeling in a very happy mood, in a good place. And a, a feeling, I don't know how to describe it. I just was at peace. And it was something that was completely worth it at the end for me for me personally and i know not everyone's going to agree with me and you know what you guys are entitled to your opinions um and and i get it not everyone's going to be happy like i said it's a 42 year story and i was happy and that's all that matters to me if i was happy with how they ended it that's all that matters and i i really encourage you guys to go see it and 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 figure it out. Empire will still be my number one. Rogue One is still my number two. Maybe in a, in a couple months when I rewatch this again and rewatch The Last Jedi, maybe I'll flip those two around. But overall, I'm very, very happy. Just be on the lookout for cameos. Like I said, uh, listen closely to certain lines in certain places. Uh, there'll be things that you'll want to keep your uh, ear out for. That's for sure. Um, and then we can talk about stuff that's in the visual dictionary next week. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Um, like I said, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Festivus, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa to all of you who celebrate the different holidays or, uh, happy, um, just holidays. If you don't celebrate any of those or something different, uh, next week we will still have a show on New Year's day. Uh, next week we'll go over my favorite things of the year, video game, movie, TV wise, and uh, just a year in review, if you will. And then uh, I'm gonna start planning out doing a decade in review over the month of January. Uh, just things came up real fast this month for me to do it on next week's episode, um, but who knows? Uh, I, I do have some time off from work this week, so I might be able to to do it all. Um, I don't want to bog you guys down with old stuff, though. Hmm. Uh, of course, The Mandalorian will do a double episode review next week. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, I will catch you guys on the flip side. Hope you guys enjoy your last week of 2019, and it's on to 2020, the start of a new decade. Have a good one.